and welcome to another episode of Talking Bollocks. Welcome back. It is I, Howard Out of Breath H. Smith. Welcome, welcome one, welcome all. I am lead singer with UK thrash band Acid Rain. I also run this podcast. I also do stand-up comedy. Um, the character Keith Platt.co.uk. Does anybody use websites anymore? Um, I do that. Do do all sorts, really. Do the Motorcast, the official Motorhead podcast. Also do The Reducer, a podcast with two uh, comedy writing mates where we mainly talk about football. So if you're not interested in football, don't listen to that. But if you are, I'll leave a link in the description of the podcast. Also, if you want to get this podcast early... If you want to get a heads up as to who's going to be interviewed and get to ask them a question. If you want a live podcast on Zoom once a month. If you want a a radio show that's two hours long once a month. If you want all sorts of other really cool bits and pieces, it's just $6 a month. I know, I was listing it all and you must have been thinking, wow, this is going to be expensive. No, $6 a month. Click, join or support the podcast Join podcast Patreon, Patreon, whatever is listed in the description of this podcast. Click that. It's a link. It'll take you to patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Sign up for $6 a month to what I believe the tier is called um, uh, Total Fucking Bollocks. So, yeah, get stuck into that. And um, that's all. That's it. That's the last mention of all of that rubbish. Okay. so anyway, welcome Welcome one, welcome all. As I said earlier, it is Talking Bollocks, which means it's time to talk some bollocks. It's time to cover the news. Now, the news is a funny one at the moment. Um, I've got a, I've got a lot to get through here. So um, I want to start with something in particular, though, because there's... Uh, right, I'm going to start with three bands who've all put out new stuff, uh, well, put out a new single, and it's kind of relevant to talk about them. So first up, um, first to get their song released out of all three, I think, was Lamb of God. Um, Now, I haven't even got the name of the song. You know, poorly organised, as always. I do apologise. So the new Lamb of God song came out, which, due to the miracle of the pause button, I can now tell you is called Nevermore. Um, and it, it's okay. I mean, for me, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of like, it's an intro and a chorus that are kind of attached together. It's it's one of them. It's a bit it's a bit weird. Um, but it's okay. You know, it, there's there's definitely definitely potential there. Um, the the next band to release a single um, recently. So yeah, Lamb of God. You know, big players. That's Next, another big player in metal, the next song that was released um, was Machine Head, who shared their song, Unhallowed. Now, I tried watching the video, but in all honesty, it's a bit embarrassing because it is just Rob and the bass player. And it's just the two of them basically, you know, miming the song in their rehearsal room and it's and it's just the two and, and it genuinely just looks like a couple of guys who are really into metal into metal jamming in a garage it doesn't look like it's the video for the latest single from one of Be- metal's you know leading lights um i mean 
the song's all over the fucking place. One thing I've been really surprised about is though is Machine Head's YouTube. I I don't know if they're if they're if they are like seriously just sat there monitoring it all the time, um, but. It's all really positive comments, you know, like, oh, man, yeah, this is amazing. Oh, yeah, dude, Rob's killing it. But, and I mean, it, it, that that must be the case. You know, people out there who like Machine Head, who, and I was one of them once. And I, I guess I still do because I still keep an eye out for them. But this song was just a fucking mess, shambolic, but getting absolutely, you know, rave reviews. So... I don't know who am I to say. So next, next up, um, it was the new Megadeth single, um, which you might have seen on social media that I I had a little bit of fun with, um, because it does sound like Black Friday from Peace Cells for these ears anyway. Now it's called "We'll Be Back" and. Frankly, yeah, they are back. It is a bit of a return. I mean, despite what I said about, yeah, it's, hey, look, it's sounding like Black Friday. I mean, you know, there's there's worse insults to any song than that. Great fucking tune. Um, but there, yeah, I, I've got real hopes for this. Um, you know, Dirk Van Buren's drumming is just insane. Fucking insane. But in a kind of Gar Samuelson kind of way. It reminds me of the old the old Megadeth. I mean, it's not going to be the old Megadeth, is it? Because it's not years ago. It's not going to be the old Megadeth, but it could be something that's really, you know, really and if it's building on um uh, uh, on the last album, which I for fuck's sake can't remember. Um and yeah, I know you're all shouting. Well, do you know what? Actually, I'm not even going to cheat and use the pause button. I'm going to go over to my vinyl copy of said last Megadeth album. Um, oh, Dystopia, isn't it? Bloody hell. I didn't even find the record. It just came back to me. So anyway, if it's building on the you know the, the sounds and the success of Dystopia, then I'm all for that, because I thought that was a, an absolutely cracking, cracking album. Anyway, apart from, you know, Dave's fucking politics creeping in as well anyway never mind so the new megadeth album is called the sick the dying the dead um you can pre-order that you can pre-order lamb of god you can pre-order machine head if you if you should want to do so um and that's it really now there is another megadeth story later on but i want to save that for a little bit later next up is a new story that nobody was expecting the mars volta returns with first new single in over a decade and announces 2022 um um, autumn tall. Well, it says the fall, um, but as we all know, that is autumn. So um, yeah, they they they've reappeared from absolutely nowhere. So um, I haven't listened to the song yet, um, but oh fuck me! Look, there's a video. The official video is on the story. I was in a bit of a rush when I was uh, when I did all this, like over the course of the last two weeks since the last podcast. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going to pop you on pause. See what this uh, Mars Volta's doing. Right, okay. Um, I've decided to take this off pause um, and just have it in the background because it's uh, 11 minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, At the moment, the video I can only describe is in black and white uh, for a start and it looks like some sort of Caribbean island. They're near a coast. It's lots of um, sort of Caribbean black musicians with um, drums. Toms, you might be able to hear them in the background there. 
Um, so, anyway, this is a minute in, alright? This is... That's one minute fifty in. This is three and a half minutes in. And this is five minutes in. I mean... Right, okay, I just skipped it forward 30 seconds. Still same thing happening. And another 30 seconds. Right, let's jump a minute. Okay, so there's a lot of drums in this, is what I'm saying. Um... I mean, the video is quite interesting. Uh, I mean, have they got the wrong video? No. That's it. There you go. That's... It would be like Sepultura um, not releasing an album for over a decade and then releasing, um, you know, Chaos or Itsari or something like that. It, it, wow. Wow. That literally has nothing to do with the Mars Volta that I remember that I wasn't a particularly big fan of, I've got to say. Um, and I, I, yeah, I'll put a link to that if you're interested. Um, I'll put a link to that and you can see that that is, yeah, wow. The video wasn't particularly interesting, by the way. It was, it was just everybody kind of playing drums and dancing and... And that was it. And then later on, they had sort of a pretend sword fight to it. Um, wow. The Mars Volta. They have no... It, uh, <laughs> they've returned with first new single in over a decade. Thanks, guys. Don't know why you did that. Anyway, um, I, I mean, I saw this a little while ago. Yes, there's, you know, yeah, come on. Ozzy Osbourne also put a new single out. Yeah, Patient Number 9. I mean, that's a little bit close to the bone, isn't it? Isn't that a little bit close to the truth at the moment with Ozzy pretty much spending most of his time in hospital? And the album, I don't know, it it, it kind of looks a little bit like um, a, a kind of sign-off. So first track featuring Jeff Breck, second track features Mike McCready, third Zach Wilde, fourth Zach Wilde, fifth Eric Clapton, sixth Jeff Beck, seventh Tony Iommi, eighth... Zach Wilde, ninth Zach Wilde, tenth Tony Iommi, and then there's three songs on it that don't have any guests. So it, I don't know. It's just kind of got that feel. I haven't played it yet. I mean, you know, I haven't been a oh, I must hear the new Aussie single kind of guy for about oh, just about ever anyway. Never mind. Um, next up, your friend of mine, Devin Townsend. Yeah, Devin Townsend is open celebrating the thirtieth anniversary of Steve Vai's Sex and Religion album. Um, great. Does anybody care? Is anybody interested whatsoever in Steve in Steve Vai and Devin Townsend deciding to celebrate the anniversary of the album? Anyone at all? I mean, I'm thinking no, but I'm just I'm a bit of a twat, so maybe there's maybe there is people out there who who are interested. Me. I'm not. Tell you what else I'm not interested in. This cracks me up, right? Remember the original drummer in Corn, You know, David Silvera, who's always trying to take them to court because they won't let him do the reunion tours and stuff like that. Ex-drummer, ex-Corn drummer David Silvera exits breaking in, se- breaking in a sequence band to spend more time with his family. So let, let me get this right. 
He is leaving a part-time band to spend more time with his family. Right, okay. Did they kick you out, David? Is that what happened? Did they kick you out and are they just letting you say that you left? Um, Let's see. Uh, Singer said, the singer, Rich Nijin, David has made the tough decision to step down from the band, spend more time with his family. Words cannot describe what an honour it has been to play, write and share the stage with such an icon. God, you can tell how this guy got in the band. Together we created something to be proud of and in turn rekindled the joy of playing to just play in all of us. Yeah, it rekindled such joy he's uh, stepping down. We we wish our brother all the best in his future endeavours. Well, that'll be opening another burger shop and eating most of the fucking contents by the looks of it. Drum tracks for the next EP have been completed and David has given us his blessing to move forward without him. In the interim, we will continue production on the EP. Uh, given us his blessing to carry on without him. No, the drummer left. Okay? the dr- That's it. The only band in history, Rush, that would ever consider splitting up if the drummer left, Rush, obviously. Anyone else? No. Get a new drummer. That's fucking it. That's hilarious, that is. Anyway, keeping the corn theme going, corn bassist Fieldy, wasn't quite ready to go back on tour, says Monkey. Um, and there you go. He said of Fieldy, he needed a little bit of time with his family to kind of regroup. We decided we were going to make a record during the pandemic and use that time constructively. And once the pandemic was over, we were ready to get back on the road. He wasn't quite ready to do that yet. So the rest of us were anxious to get back in front of our fans and play for everybody. So they got a stand-in. There you go. That's it. He's okay. He's just still rehabbing with the family. In case anybody was worried about Corn, um, especially after you know David uh, leaving his band, whatever. Fucking hell, that is hilarious. Now, the reason for mentioning this, as some of you know, had him on the show. Volbeat had him on the show. Um, like the band, uh, like the various members, haven't haven't really liked much of Volbeat's output for a good while though. But I'm always keeping an eye on. And do you know what? I've seen him live a couple of times, and they've never failed to disappoint. I'm sorry. They've never failed to deliver, not disappoint. That's a bit fucking harsh, to say the least. Um, they've always been a brilliant live band. Really, 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 really rate them. Really great band. Listen to this. For a set of support bands, support bands that Volbeat is going to take around um, Europe on a headlining um, autumn tour. They are taking with them, as support... Opening, Bad Wolves. Those of you who know Bad Wolves know they're a very another another uh, interview from this parish. Um, uh, Doc, the guitarist, he plays in Bad Wolves. Great, good band. Next up, Napalm Death. Next up after that, Skindred. So if you go and buy a ticket for Volbeat playing in an arena in Europe, you are going to see. Bad Wolves, Napalm Death, Skindred and Volby in one night. How fucking, how fucking cool is that? It's just fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. So, um, yeah, just what a tour. Hats off. Round of applause has to be said. Um, So the Megadeth story that I mentioned that I said I would come back to. Um, well, 
This is the story. And the headline is... Ex-Megadeth Megadeth bassist David Ellefson... It's not going where you think it is. Calm down. Ex-Megadeth bassist David Ellefson... Or Ellefson, however it's pronounced... Is mourning the death of his 15-year-old... Oh, God, no, that's terrible. Cat. Oh. He was my little sidekick and best friend says Dave in a post on social media Dave said it's with deep sadness and a heavy heart that we say goodbye to our lovely kitty Percy who passed away at 6.20 today from kidney failure probably been hammering the booze a bit I would imagine Um, he was sorry he was my little sidekick and best friend he was a rescue kitty from just a few days old as we welcomed him into our family got to enjoy almost 16 years together before his passing. We are just gutted with this loss to our family. He was truly our fifth Beatle. We will be recording a tribute album and we'll be getting cats to guest on it. I'm joking now, obviously. Right, no. He really was our fifth Beatle was the last line. Now, I realise if you have... I, I am a cat person, by the way, and if you have... I understand it. Yeah, they are members of the family. It is very sad. That's not. That's not the point here. The point I'm making is that this isn't a press release. Dave, you know, Dave Levson does not need coverage um, of his cat dying. But this is what we've got. Dave Levson puts this on social media and we now live in, a, we, you know, we're living in a world where sites like Blabbermouth, they're not the only one, but I am going to call them out for this. And they're not the only one by a mile, but I, you know, I know they do it and they're the biggest and the best at it, to be fair. But they're just trawling social media accounts of people who are in bands and then putting that up as a fucking news story. I mean, isn't that, you know, if I'm Dave Elefson, am I, can I take you to court for reporting that as a story? No, you can't, of course, because you've put it in the public domain. But then it's like, you know, it's dressed up like it's some exclusive news story. Now, admittedly, Blabbermouth do clearly say in the story um, that, you know, they've got, they've got the, you know, you've got the um, clickbait headline. But then you've got, you know, for he's mourning the death of his cat on social media. The 57 year old musician said Percy died earlier today. And it's like, is that is that what we've come to? I mean, you know. I'm talking to the metal community. You are the metal community. Are you that desperate for metal news that you want to hear about Dave Lefson's cat dying? I mean, if we got to that stage, do you need to know how many rooms... um, Sorry, do you need to know how much um, Lars Ulrich sold his house for? Or Gene Simmons sold his last house off for? All of this stuff. It's just kind of... It's so superfluous. It's so, it's just not part of the scene. And I, yes, I'm a 52-year-old man, I know. I'm out of date. And this is the way the world is. It's moving. Look, I absolutely get that. I'm just saying that if you work at one of these news sites and there's no news, maybe just fucking report that. Report there's no news today. Or, I don't know, try and get an interview with somebody. Now, if your site's not about interviews, then maybe it could be. Because I'd rather read an interview with the bass player from fucking bloody stump fucking nowhere in the middle of fucking Scandinavia who's born, you know, 
burnt a few churches down, whatever. I'd rather listen to some anonymous band being interviewed than knowing all about Dave Lefson's fucking cat. I just fucking does my brain in. Anyway, last news story of the day. Rise against, say, the repeal of Roe versus Wade. Represent that's that's the you know abortions being legal um, in the states. It's been reversed. Uh, Rise against repeal of Roe versus Wade represents the f- the few ruling over the many. Something we rail against in our songs. Wow, well done, Rise Against. The point I'm making is, yeah. Um, being in bands doesn't fucking change anything. You might occasionally wake people up to a certain cause, but ultimately, no. If you actually want to change stuff, you actually have to form groups, join political parties, form political parties, go on demonstrations. You can't just write songs going, oh, the man is bad and we're good. Yay! It's just not happening, is it? It's just not happening. And I speak as somebody who's constantly, you know, I I, I write songs with those, those very noble um, uh, aims as well. But it's not happening, is it? It's just not fucking happening. So just to finish off with, I'm off to see Rammstein um, over the space of the next two weeks. So by the time you see me, ne- by the time we speak to each other next, I will have seen them. I'm very much looking forward to it. And a friend, friend of mine uh, this weekend... Um, who's not a Rammstein fan, I put some on. And um, it was the, it, it, I, had, I had the Geordies to stay. And I had a, a, a Geordie who's not a Rammstein fan at all. Played him some Rammstein. And he just said, how man, it just sounds like, it sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger narrating metal. <laughs> That's Arnold Schwarzenegger narrating metal. For those of you who don't understand Geordie, anyway... <laughs> Um, that is the end of the news. Slightly extended than usual. There just seemed to be a lot to do, folks. So fucking blame me, all right? I'm fucking getting on with it. Stop getting on my fucking case, all right? We're going to do the interview now. Fucking hell. Honestly. I'm just getting angry at myself. So, next up, it's Chris McGarrell. As you know, because it's all over the podcast. Now, um, we did a pod in a pod, as you'll hear. I will attach pictures. Go and have a look at social uh, Talking Bollocks social medias, and you'll find all of the pictures of the pod. I say social medias. I don't know. Social media. Just It's a singular, isn't it, as opposed to pure up. Plural, plural, fucking hell. I've done all right up to now, but clearly my brain is about to fucking collapse. So, um, yeah, let's get straight round to it. And my good friend, who I haven't had on for four years, top rock writer, Chris McGreal. Well, welcome back, Chris, to the podcast. Thanks, Howard. Nice to see you again. Uh, yes, yeah, as you... um. Bumped into me um, a couple of weeks ago, was it? It would have been, it's, oh, tonight. It was because it was uh, yeah, in the Bolo yeah. where I'll be later on. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you hosting a pub quiz? I was just there with a few mates, and uh, I recognise that fella. And uh, yeah, obviously haven't seen you since uh, since the last time we uh, you had me on here, which February was February twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. A lot has happened since then. So, well, four years ago, a lot's happened since then. That was podcast fifty, by the way. So wow. Past a hundred now. Um, 
Um, 100 was Suzanne Vega, the mighty. Yes, yes. Yeah, as I uh, tweeted today, that was, um, that was just, a, yeah, it was an awesome one to do. Awesome one to do. Yeah. And she's absolutely lovely. Yeah. Um, and most accommodating. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's been a while. And, of course, uh, you came over and I didn't recognise you. I was like, oh, bloody hell. I was really annoyed that I didn't recognise you. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why that was. Yeah. Well, the, the ravages of COVID, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, on both of us. <laughs> yeah, on both our brains yeah. and our memories. Um, so uh, it, let's dive straight in because uh, on the table there is. Oh, by the way, I've got to say before we go any further, we're recording this in a pod. That's right, we're recording a podcast in a pod. I thank you. I don't know if this is a first, but I'm claiming it. Um, hey, look, there is a door as well. I was saying there wasn't yeah, a door, yeah. but there is actually a door you can like wow. pull a ball. It, so it's a completely clear pod, um, like something that you would see on the Millennium uh, Millennium Wheel um, or the London Eye, as it's called. And um, we're in the middle of a bizarre um, industrial estate. I mean, you can't really call it that. It's more a commercial. It's all offices and stuff. I'll take some pictures because it does look strangely like another planet, doesn't it? Yeah, I had to negotiate a few geese on the way here. Um, yeah, they were looking a little bit hungry, but... Yeah, which isn't going to make any sense when I've just called it a industrial park. Yeah, is it really? I mean, we're looking greenery. out on beautiful trees, green yeah. grass, um, a, a lake, the water features in it. I mean, you know, painting pictures with words here, folks. <laughs> um, so, that's where we are. Um, and on the table is, um, is a copy of uh, Record Collector, the Marillion edition, um, featuring interviews with none other than Mark Wilkinson, um, uh, my mutual friend. So, um, yeah, awesome. Um, and um, But no sign of Fish on the cover with the band as well there. Just no, we do have an interview with Fish in, inside them. So right. It, oh, it, it right. basically covers from pre-Merlion days right back to Silmerillion. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm familiar with all of that. Yeah, so it goes right up to... Her and the Hunter and yeah, all the old, know, all the old yeah. demos, yeah. yeah Skyline did you, Drifter. Did you get to do... Did you get to interview Fish? No, no. Oh, I've met right. Fish, but I've never, never interviewed him. Right, okay. Um, and did you get, did you interview Mark? No. All right. Uh, basically, I've got three articles in this, and one of them is basically about the Marbles album from like 2004. Right. So, uh, just talking about that album and its kind of its place in the pantheon of Marillion's catalogue. Yeah. Uh, I've done a videography, so all their DVDs and Blu rays, I've reviewed all of those and given uh, a background of, of what, you know that kind of visual element of, of Merlion's art. Yeah. And I've done an article basically on the Merlion weekends. So yeah. I don't know if maybe you're you I've had a friend I've had a friend play bass with them. Right. A friend of mine is a big Merlion fan. Yeah. Um yeah, so he tape did the swap in. swap the band thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sent the tape in and they picked him and he, he got up and played a song with him and he's it, he's fucking great it's on YouTube honestly it's oh that's awesome. brilliant yeah yeah that's and right. that's Gary Foley who's been on the podcast by the way folks oh. usually on movie bollocks get a Geordie Gary um, yeah it was, uh, yeah it was, um, that's that's such a cool thing to do um, for those of you who don't know um, basically Marillion say look you know any fans want to play any songs send videos in of you playing the songs and we'll pick some of you out and, um, and you can get up and play some songs with us which I think is just Awesome. Yeah. yeah, you can be a fifth of your favourite band for five or ten minutes. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, 
so yeah, that's that's the other piece in there. So yeah, uh, basically the the weekends that started in like two thousand and two and happen every couple of years. In fact, I'm just back yesterday from the UK weekend uh, where they did three nights of concerts in Leicester, right, and played the whole of their brand new spanking new album on Saturday night and. Yeah, the whole weekend. Was it De Montfort Hall? It was De Montfort Hall. Yeah, yeah, that's it, because historically it wouldn't be anywhere else. Yeah. And yeah. I've never been to that venue, but it's such a legendary place. I've heard it yeah. mentioned on, on live albums throughout the decades and everything. I so it played really it nice back in 2017 at Uprising Festival. Right? Brilliant. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was great. Didn't get to play the main room, though, which was yeah. a bit of a ball lake, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lovely venue. I mean, you, around it, you can go and sit and picnic tables and everything out in the back garden and have, have your beer. Um, it's just a really kind of relaxed vibe. Yeah. So, yeah, no, had an awesome weekend. <clears throat> Voice is still a little bit hoarse from all the singing. Um, but, yeah, re- really good. So, that's, that's basically this is the, the record collector presents Merlion, which came out last Thursday in the shops. It's awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm going to be all over that. I'm going to be all over that. Yeah. Um, so, what have you been doing myself in the previous, in the in the intervening um, four years, believe it or not, since we've seen each other? I tell you what, do well, decapitated. Of you put me onto them. Yeah. You put me onto Anti Cult, and here we are, and just put about about to put the follow up out. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, such a good band. I mean, obviously, you know, kind of my forte is is prog rock because I've I've been writing for prog for I don't know seven or eight years, something like that, prog magazine. Um, uh, but obviously I've got a massive background in metal as well and yeah. what I love about Decapitated is you know they do the extreme tech death stuff so well but there's this little bit of prog going through it <laughs> you can tell they kind of loved stuff like Hawkwind or something like that there's just these spacey kind of soundscapes underneath all the technical death metal and yeah they're such a good band and I also for me there's a there's a definite element of thrash in this in this album yeah I mean there was an anti-cult but I think there's slightly more on this album yeah um and i, I mean I, I think it's stunning um uh, i'll be surprised if, if it's not in my albums of the year yeah and i think it's possibly even a little bit more accessible than the previous ones which is weird because there's also some stuff on there that is way heavier and faster and thrashier than anything that's on the previous album yeah um, but I just think there's something yeah. there's something more direct and straight ahead about about this album compared to yeah. to Anti Cult. Well, like a seventy second track, you mean? Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely brutal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely brutal. For some reason, I said the other day to somebody that it'll it'll tear your eyebrows off. I don't know why I picked on eyebrows, <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an absolute classic, and I, and I love Anticult. So thanks for steering me onto that. I yeah, yeah. haven't had a chance to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, so four years later, better late than never. Well, okay, I'll take that. Yeah. But um, so um, so, how did you how did you um, get through lockdown? Because I know I I like basically just tried to do as many podcasts as possible, and just tried to do as many interviews as possible, and just yeah. like for my own sanity and presumably you know you you end up chatting with people who are like look yeah i've got plenty of time on my hands mm. you know i'll i'll do some podcasts for instance mr harley yeah. in the middle of lockdown i ended up doing two interviews with legendary rock drummer jimmy DeGrasso, uh-huh. and we just got on like a house on fire and and it was just utterly bizarre 
Um, I mean, he agreed to come on my movie podcast, and I tried to get him to talk about movies, but it was nearly all about music. Yeah. And then he just dropped into the conversation that um, he was in, um, oh, what was it, uh, Wayne's World. <laughs> I'm like, oh right, okay. Well, yeah, that's definitely related to movies. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, bit of a tangent. I apologise, but um, you know, how did you manage with? Well, with I, that? I was kind of luckier than most. I mean, I I work as a, a software engineer for a large media company, uh, so I was able to work from home, and I still yeah. am working from home actually, um, for you know over two years now. Um, so I, nothing really changed in terms of. Uh, my ability to work and it also gave me the chance to because I didn't have to commute and I had lunchtime to myself it gave me a chance to divulge my tastes in music and film and books so I read a hell of a lot mm. you know uh, during lunchtime I just pick up a book for an hour and then go back to work um, listen to a lot of music uh, it was actually great I mean <laughs> kind of, people talk about work-life balance and for a lot of people that means you know spending time with their kids or their family or whatever I, you know, myself and my wife don't have any kids uh, by choice, and we're just like our spare time. Then, when you talk about work-life balance, it's like okay, I can do things that I want to do, things I'm interested in, because I've always been a kind of media nut, and I love culture, and I just want to soak up everything as much as I can. Um, so, it, in terms of the last few years, it's just been a godsend to me. You know, they talk <laughs> about the Great Reset, and yeah, yeah I don't want to go back to the way it was before because I, you know, I'm really enjoying. Uh, putting the spare time that I have now, you know, a couple of hours a day into something that I really love. Yeah, yeah. I I, look, I know that feeling. I mean, my my sort of reset was um, twenty seventeen when I was made redundant, and it's the best things that ever happened to me because ever since then I've been able to be self employed and do and just put more time in, and effort into the things that I love. Um, so when lockdown came came around, it was like you know you can work from home, etc. It didn't really affect me much mm-hmm. because. I was just doing what I did, apart from the fact that um, what I do, especially, you know, hosting quizzes or stand-up comedy or gigs or whatever, that is also, you know, I'm, I'm doing that three or four nights a week. Mm-hmm. So it's my social life. It's my connection to the world as well as being paid for it. Yeah. You know? So when all that went away, it was kind of like, right. So it's like everything's gone. So, right, get online. Yeah. <laughs> annoy, annoy as many people as you can. Yeah, in a way, I'm, I mean, this might sound strange, but it kind of lucky it happened when it did. If this had happened 20 years ago, before oh. the days of being online and before oh, technology yeah. had caught up, we'd be all screwed. Well, I, yeah, I had my I had my mum on the phone going, God, just imagine if this had happened and I didn't have Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> that was the important thing, yeah. God, we'd have to go back to reading books. Uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> talking to exactly. each other oh my god i know i know but it was it was weird as well because we just it, it's like and, and i think my viewing habits have been impacted to this day mm-hmm. i've just got less patience for things yeah i've got a real second season thing going on where like i love the first season or something and the second season starts and i'm like 20 minutes into the first episode of season two and i'm like well shame that's done and do you know what i mean it's like I, weird weird yeah. But I, I think it's just that, you know, that, that capacity where things, it's really up the ante for, you know, if it doesn't grab you, right, I'll just watch something else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's the whole streaming thing. I mean, I've subscribed to most things like, like, like most people do. Um, but I find going back to 
old movies a lot. Old horror films. Oh, the cheesier, the better. Yeah. You know, 70s and 80s slashers and stuff like that. Uh, so I've got a big kind of library of DVDs and Blu-rays of that kind of stuff. I'm, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that would grab me more than watching, you know, the new Obi-Wan or Stranger Things or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the two, things, know, two things I'm currently watching, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, will, I will get around them to them. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, I, what, I, what, what I really like is just, you know, freaking... Just anything with a goblin soundtrack, basically, you know, like, <laughs> you know, really bad prosthetic makeup and effects and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Okay, um, I love got that you. kind of shit. Yeah, no, I've got you. I've got you. But there is, there is so much to choose from, mm-hmm. you know. And and again, I think it's it, it carries on, carries over into music as well. You know, um, I mean, I found myself, and and I I like I forced myself not to, but I, you know, if I'm listening to new track from a band or something like that it's it's got to grab me do you know what i mean it's it's got to grab me within about a minute and a half um and i just and i kind of think when did this happen you know when when did i used to you know you'd buy cds and play them three or four times sometimes before it would click yeah you know but i'm just like seconds in yeah i absolutely hear you i've i've the last couple of years, I've I feel ashamed. Yeah, I know it's really bad. <laughs> like I would, I would used to berate, you know, the kids of today or whatever uh, for you know not giving an album a chance and only maybe streaming one track or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I find my patience these days for listening to new albums, like you know, especially if it's some you know I don't know two hour long Dream Theater epic or something like that. Mm. It's just like I don't have the time to do all the homework for that. Give me a fucking thirty-five minute long thrash album. Let me enjoy it and let me go about my business afterwards. <laughs> um, you know, just oh, new f- music. I find I find it to be homework, and right. should not yeah. be homework. I know so what you mean. I'm kind of ashamed to I say that, but I did go back to a lot of comfort food during the pandemic. So I listened to a lot of seventies prog and and that kind of stuff. Stuff that I already knew. Um, but it, it was just comforting to me when when the whole world was turning to shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm hopefully getting a little bit better now. I listen to new stuff. Um, yeah, I mean the new Meshuggah album. Um, again, absolutely devastatingly heavy, but again a little bit well, more accessible than than their uh, than their historical stuff, and in the same way that the Decapitated one was. Um, so I just mentioned that because I'm going to see them in the Albert Hall on Friday. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of I'm again I'm excited about that. There are certain bands whose new stuff you know we will always make time for. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you're, 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 you're yeah. not going to be disappointed. Although, although first track of the new Ramstein album, I kind of was like, well, not. Yeah. I couldn't. It was it was a it was a kind of ballady one. I was like, hmm. And then second song, and I was like, boom. Right. Bought the CD about two hours later. Yeah. Um, okay. and I was in. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, you're right. You do find time for those bands. And I'm now going to ask you possibly the most challenging question that I've ever asked anyone on any podcast. Can you please explain Meshuggah to me? Because I don't understand. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not tool speeded up. It's not. I, I, 
uh, I've tried I've tried listening to some of the new album and you're telling me I mean I couldn't help but smile when you said like it's, it's a bit more accessible <laughs> fucking really it's all relative <laughs> uh, um, a bit more accessible <laughs> my arse <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I mean basically I mean my favourite band of all time is King Crimson and if you okay, that explains are, a little bit. If you're a crimson, I'm nut, following. I'm, flo- I'm following the breadcrumbs here. Yeah, yeah. If you're a crimson nut and you love death metal, basically slam the two of those together and you get me sugar. Because um, right. it's the polyrhythms, it's the pulse and the polyrhythms coming from that rhythm section, uh, and the way the different guitars knit around one another to create these interwoven patterns. Um, and if you're struggling with Meshuggah, the, what you do is you listen to what the ride cymbal is doing. Because the ride cymbal is going... Yeah, the, Thomas Hacker is doing all this really intricate stuff around the drum kit. And the whole band's going nuts in different directions all at the same time. But if you can keep focusing on that ride cymbal, then you keep the pulse. And eventually things will kind of come into focus. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I'll... I'll try that I'll, and listeners if, if that helps with anyone you know be sure to let Chris know <laughs> he's talking about his he's, arts as usual he's all over social media he's easy to, easy to find <laughs> tag the <me> sugar <laughs> um, yeah and so from what you were just saying then polyrhythms you know and I know you like prog etc so um, Tool have put a new album out since we saw each other last yes they did and how did that work for you I thought it was arse gravy well, there you go. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can see why you're in such high demand as a journalist. Yes. Your command of the language is exemplary, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Let me put that in context. I am <laughs> OG, I am OGT uh, from the first EP. I bought Opiate. Uh, I learned yeah. to play it on guitar in one night the week that it came out. I absolutely right. fucking love Tool from from the moment the opiate the EP came out yeah I saw Tool support Rage Against the Machine in Glasgow Barrowlands I saw in that in 1993 I, I saw that in Newcastle Mayfair which would have been probably the following night probably the following night indeed yeah. yeah on their way through the UK how funny is that I absolutely adore Tool uh, and then Fear Inoculum came out after 13 years I listened to it and I went you're not doing anything new lads yeah it's you're basically doing the whole polyrhythmic thing yeah yeah you've done that to death but they like the new album. I felt lacked dynamics. It's just like eight minutes of the same kind of feel, without the highs and lows of, of the, you know um, stuff that you get on previous albums. And I thought it was a bit monotonous. That's a, that's a, that is the word mm. that that has just leapt out at me. That's the word. Yeah, monotonous. And I still do feel like unrewarding. That. It's an unrewarding listen. Yes, but I have warmed to it in recent weeks because I went to see them in the O2 in London. And my God, that show was fucking incredible. Wow. Um, I always maintained for years that the three best live acts I've ever seen were Rush, King Crimson and Tool. And seeing them again after, I don't know, 15 years or something since I'd seen Tool, they absolutely blew my head off. And that they're still there as one of the best live bands I've ever seen. That's good to hear. The production was just stunning. Yeah. And those songs did pack a punch and they have more dynamics live I've listened to the album since then and I still maintain that it is monotonous and lacking in dynamics but the album opened itself up after seeing them live yeah now this and that's totally understandable and and I wish I'd gone to be honest but um, 
uh, that's totally understandable because I think the reverse is true, and I've said this many times on the podcast. So, apologize, apologies for everybody who's heard this before. But um, you go and see a band, and you and you love the album, and you go and see them, and you go and see them shit all over it live, and then you come back to the album, and you go, no, it's just it just reminds me how shit they were live. Yeah, yeah, it's tainted, and it's like it's years for me before you can go back. Yeah, that's a shame when that does happen. Yeah, May of mine, May of mine went to see uh, Megadeth on the Countdown to Extinction tour. Mm-hmm. I was like, what were they like? It's like, fucking shit. Yeah. The encore, Dave Mustaine came out with a white spangly guitar and played Anarchy in the UK, and it was about as punk as Marillion. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, Marillion are pretty punk. That's it. And, I was, I, and, and it was like, you just, like, that's it, album's done. Yeah. I had the same experience. I've had the same experience with a, with a few bands, where you go and see them live, and it's such a disappointment. I'm just ah, damn. yeah. I can kind of see that with Megadeth, to be honest. They're not the most exciting live band. Uh, no, but they have produced some of the greatest thrash albums of all time. They have indeed. You can, you can forgive them a, a little bit of you know. Well, I've 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 kind of made a case. I've kind of made a case, and it's like it's almost counterintuitive because it's you know. Dave Mustaine, would you describe him as unlikable? Probably not. But I would describe him as somebody that's hard to like. Yes. And he makes it hard for you to like him. Because what he's done throughout his life is bobbed along and you've thought, oh, Mustaine's chilled out. And then he says something stupid. And you go, no, it's still Dave. Mm. And it, it's like, you know, it still goes on to this day. But... The point I was making, because there is a point to this, is that he actually is Mr. Thrash Metal. It's him. Everybody else. He's at number one. You know, Hetfield's two. Because Mustaine is on those first two Metallica albums. Yeah. And I think he's got a riff on, uh, on Master of Puppets as well. Um, he's put all those albums out, lead vocals, lead guitar, written all the songs, <laughs> you know. Um, that's, you know, that's a, a hell of a, um, you know, it's a hell of a, uh, a CV. And you think of the volume of work as well. Yeah. It's tremendous. Yeah, he kind of shoots himself in the foot, doesn't he? Well, this is, this is what I'm saying. It's like, because he's unlikable, you kind of don't want to admit it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, really? I was like, well, has, is anyone else responsible for two of the big four? Has anybody else played a major role in two of the big four? Yeah. No. So if you use that logic, there's, there is only one yeah. person who's like, you know, yeah. at the number one spot. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're right. You know, he, you could look at him as the godfather of thrash, but then I'm from Belfast. I'm, I'm of a certain age where he made the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I probably Belfast. shouldn't laugh, but uh, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, we, we, you know, are you over it? The it's North, a few the years North ago. remembers, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, yeah, legendarily stupid. Yeah, legendarily stupid. Um, fair play to him for then including a reference to it. Yeah, uh, on the next album. That's true. Fools like me cross the sea, come mm. to foreign lands. Yeah. Yes, it's like yeah. I can kind of forgive him anything, to be honest, because of Holy Wars. It's just so <laughs> fucking good. It is, isn't it? 
that is. It's brave when you think about it. Yeah. You know, with his really, you know, what he what he'd said, but he just puts it all out there. Yeah. And again, it's it's like honesty, and as I always say, you can't knock honesty. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. Well, that's a weird one. I didn't expect to be uh, uh, talking Dave Mustaine with you. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, so, uh, but what's um, what's lighting your fire at the moment, other than uh, my sugar and um, uh, decapitated? Uh, I mean, it, I'm still trying to decompress from the Merlion weekend. Sorry to go back to that. No, not yeah. at all. The new album's just incredible. It's, it's going to be my album of the year by a long shot. Really? Um, so, yeah, kind of all consumed by that at the moment. Well, I, uh, well I'll, I'll make an effort to listen to that if it's, if it's that, you know, blowing your skirt up that much. Oh, yeah. It's put the wind up me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, apart from that... Uh, Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here. A bit. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think... I know it's one of those things where, like, it's one of those questions where, as soon as somebody asks you it, all the all, all of the stuff that you're listening to at the moment and really yeah. enjoying just disappears out your head. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it is. I mean, I'm kind. Of, I'm getting a lot of vinyl reissues and stuff like that. You know, Magma have been re- reissuing a few of their classic albums. Uh, and I, yeah, I love that weird shit. So yeah, <laughs> so I've been listening to. It. 73, 74 period Magma and I'm going to see them in June actually two nights in a row at the Garage in Islington with uh, Steve Davis's band uh, oh, supporting right, okay. Utopia Strong um, um, So where do you stand <laughs> where do you stand on Devin Townsend then? Is, is... I'm, I'm a fan Yeah? Yeah right. I, I, People do kind of uh, get obsessive about him I'm not a fan to that extent. I, I think he's a, a, an extremely talented guy, and he's probably close to Zappa level of genius right. in terms of the musical smorgasbord that he works from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, the guy's work rate is just incredible. Um, but this time around, he played the Albert Hall twice recently, two nights in a row it was over Easter and I didn't go to either night whereas normally I would always go see David Townsend I've seen him in the Roundhouse I've seen him in the Albert Hall you know I've seen him in Union Chapel basically any time he's in London I would go and see him um, this time around I didn't and I don't think that's really because I'm kind of jaded by his music or anything like that. I think it's just because I'm not going to as many gigs it's right just, it's a it's Coming back out of lockdown and back to some kind of normality, I've kind of enjoyed not being around people so much. <laughs> and being in a sweaty club or a sweaty, uh, even somewhere the size of Albert Hall, if there's too many people around, I'm not really comfortable. I, I think I'm just getting old and cantankerous. <laughs> <laughs> more old and more cantankerous. And, and says the man who's going to the garage for two nights in a row. Yeah, this bloody magma, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so there are exceptions to the rule, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that, but, that's, but that's what you've got to do, isn't it? You know, your, you know, your loves. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know what you mean. I think as you get older, you do kind of... Um, there's, there's that that group of elite bands and then there's that group that comes behind them where you're like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to go and see you this time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Ten years ago, I would have been doing, you know, three gigs a week and possibly reviewing one or two of those as well. Yeah. 
um, yeah, I just can't be arsed anymore. <laughs> Other things to do: watch seventies slasher movies with goblin soundtracks. Um, I, I just haven't had a great deal of gigs to go to recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the last sort of the last metal show I went to was um, the uh, the Bay Area Strikes Back. You know, Death, Death Angel, Exodus, and uh, Testament. Ooh. Um, in March, well, no, February, just before lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and since coming back, um, I went to see Suzanne Vega. Mm-hmm. Um, which um, which was absolutely awesome. She didn't play Blood Makes Noise, but you know, no, oh, okay, can't have everything. Well, she knows that your version's better, so she she can't touch it with a barge pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in in uh, in my in my dreams, <laughs> she uh, she invites me up on stage to uh, to duet with her. And um, that quickly turns into a nightmare. <laughs> for her, yeah. I was going to say for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, we hadn't, we hadn't even recorded our, our album when we did our podcast last time. Yeah. Been, so, we yeah, haven't been through all of that. Yeah. Um, that's just, yeah, it's a blur mm. now, sort yeah. of looking back on it. Because, of course, we were going to be playing Bloodstock in 2020, and that's when it got pulled. Yeah. Um, and luckily we got to play 21 instead. Yeah. But there's a time there in lockdown where you're just thinking, you know, is anything, you know, what's going to come back? And especially gigs and lots of people. Yeah. You know, that was the thing with, you know, what I do, all of, all of, all of the things that I do, not only stop just like everybody else, but I knew they were going to be the last things to come back. Yeah. Because people. You know, yeah. I mean, unless everyone's going to do the flaming lips thing, where you're you're all the audience is in a cocooned in a zorb, uh, you know, you know, you, you can't do a safe gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, found that out pretty quickly when yeah. we had to do a, a, a tour as a four piece, um, and all of a sudden we're like, shit. One of us gets anything, that's it. Yeah, and yeah, it just become incredibly wary. And I definitely think there's been a a, a, a knock on. But I've got to be honest, I have no desire to listen to any like lockdown lockdown inspired albums. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All yeah, songs about isolation and and things like that. Do you know what I mean? No, no. Okay, maybe don't listen to the new Marillion then. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, it does definitely take that as a steam. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, that's put a big spanner in the works. Yeah, there's a song called Murder Machines, which is basically just about how you can kill someone by hugging them. (laughs) Um, You know. Fucking brilliant. Riddled with viruses. Um, But yeah. So um, whilst we're speaking of prog, um, I had tickets to see Haken play their last two albums Mm -hmm. right through at the uh, Shepherd's Bush Empire, and that got pulled so i'm hoping i'm still haven't announced any new dates but i've still got the tickets but um are you a fan uh yeah yeah uh, again it's uh, people do get obsessive about Haken the way they do with devon uh i'm not at that level of fandom yeah but uh very very much like what they do um big time uh I, yeah they're just consummate uh amazing musicians and i have interviewed um the guitarist a couple of years ago for 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 Prague magazine, um, yeah, they're brilliant. But again, it's, they're the kind of band where when they put out something new, I listen to it, and then because of the notes per second, I kind of feel like I'm putting having to put too much energy into it. Whereas I like 
you know, I, I listen to a lot of ambient stuff as well. Ah, like, right. Um, it's kind of like self-medication where you just need to, <laughs> you know, I don't do drugs, you know, so it's just like I can chill out and relax with listening to Aphex Twin or Brian Eno or something like that. Yeah. And just to go back to what you asked me a little while ago, what I am um, pushing into my ears at the moment is the new Robert Fripp box set. Because um, obviously he, he kind of invented ambient music with Brian Eno with an album called No Pussyfooting in the early 70s. And he has just released a 32-disc box set. I don't know how many hours of music is on this, but... It's, 32. Yeah, 32 discs. And four of those are Blu-rays. So they're just packed, absolutely packed with music. That's uh, mad. So I, <laughs> I'm on... I think today I've listened to the first four CDs. So I've got another 28 to get through. <laughs> so I'll be listening to this thing till Christmas. But basically, it's it's such incredible music. So yeah, I, I, I when it comes to listening to stuff that's 100 notes, you know, 180 beats per minute or whatever, or really, really technical uh, 30 second note runs and stuff like that, I find it drains me. I find it fatigues me a lot more than it used to. Yeah. 10 years ago when I was massively into dream theater and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. Has, has, has any of, has, has any of sort of lockdown and you, and the, you, you kind of changes in attitude and you were talking about, you know, listening to music being work. Has any, has any of this affected your writing? Uh, it, well, I, I'm not writing as much as I used to. I've kind of taken a step back, um, uh, because balancing the day job with the writing was getting a little bit pressured sometimes. So, I mean, I've turned down interviews recently with some of my favorite artists. I turned down an interview with Magma earlier this year. Wow. Uh, just because I, my day job has to come first. That's my priority. Yeah. Um, and if I'm busy at work, I'm, I just don't have the time to write a 3,000-word article on, on Prague. Um, so I'm... But, it's not even that I'm being more selective because obviously I would love to do uh, an article on Magma or, or there were certain other artists that I, that I had to turn down as well. Um, but it's just about what I'm, do what I'm doing at the time and how busy work is and how busy right. I am in my personal life and whether I really have the energy to, to do something like that. But when the editor of uh, this record collector issue for, for the Merlion thing called me, I actually had COVID at the time. It was February. <laughs> Perfect. And I, and I was absolutely delirious. It did funny things to my head. Um, I, I, I couldn't string sentences together. I couldn't think straight. Yeah. Um, it really did affect me kind of mentally. Uh, and then she phoned me up and said, would you like to write three or four articles on Marillion? And I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah go on. Yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of bit off more than I could chew, but once I was better, uh, I was able to, to able, able to to get them out the door. Yeah. So it is, it's it's about just whatever I'm going through at the time, uh, whether yeah. I, whether I'll pick up a commission or not. Yeah. But I am definitely t easing back a little bit and not not doing so much. But it's still nice to um, to have those opportunities you know, sort of run past you as well. Oh, it's, it's lovely to get uh, get the call or get the email and say, Chris, we'd really like you to do this, that, and the other. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real honour to be to be able to, to write about some of these artists and some of this music because it, it fires me up. Yeah, yeah. And when you get to see it in print, it's just it's awesome. It's really really nice feeling. Yeah. And uh, and um, what are your feelings on Fish's farewell album? Excellent. Um, yeah, he, he's he's really bowed out on, on a high. Um, 
I, I don't know if you saw yet, uh, today or yesterday, um, he has announced on Facebook that there's, a, there's actually a book on fish that he, basically the author has lifted a lot of stuff from liner notes that Fish himself has written and plagiarised this book out of, out of stuff that Fish has said, either on his wow. Fish on Friday uh, Facebook yeah. um, broadcasts or from his own words on liner notes and basically cobbled together this half-arse book out of it and Fish is just like, don't buy this. Uh, the author has apparently apologised and said, I don't want, you know, this, this book will not go ahead for publication. But the, from what I read earlier today, the, the publisher is going ahead with it, even though the author has said no, and Fish has said, this is, this is terrible, this should not, that you're just ripping off fans with regurgitated stuff that I've already said. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just the definition of lazy journalism. That's just absolutely not even writing, but just copying and pasting stuff that's already out there just to, to make a tenor of fans who will buy anything. So, yeah, that's a, that's a real shame. The, the, People, people will do that. Absolutely. Um, but fair play to Fish for for standing up for his fans and saying, "Don't buy this. Don't get ripped off by this." Yeah, yeah. But he, so, um, I, yeah, I, his last album. I don't know. It kind of passed me by, really. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I interviewed him and saw him. Um, I think it's the end of twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. I can't remember which one, but. Um, and it was it was awesome and um you know they it played the whole of clutching at straws which yeah. was fantastic am i remembering this right did you go to the same gig with michael leg uh yeah 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 there was me michael leg will smith the yeah. comedy writer not the will smith yeah. um and myself um oh and another guy i'm trying to remember his name um but that's gone. So yeah, there was four of us, yeah. and um, and um, there was uh, the other two had to go, and Will and I um, hung around for a chat, um, and um, and yeah, it was, oh actually no, I think Michael was there as well. Yeah, yes, he was. Yeah, and then we had a chat, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. I mean, it's it, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was really was. Because yeah. um, the he, he's this larger than life character, though, and, you know yeah. we've loved his music for so long. And Absolutely, he's a towering giant, anyways, and he? so he's large in that way. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 a towering figure in in, in, in my life, anyway. Do do in terms uh, he's, of you know, you know, look at me. I'm I'm five foot five, right? <laughs> he's towering, all right. Yeah. I mean, there's a picture. There's a picture. Um, uh, of us together and it just looks like father and son <laughs> I come up to just over his waist yeah um, uh, and the funny thing is as well that night at the end of the night we wanted to go for drinks but there was nowhere so yeah. they just had to get back in their in their truck and head to the hotel oh, that's a shame and um, uh, um, Fish gave me a hug so, uh, said, um, I said that's, it's been amazing and he was like, he was like it's nice to meet you Howard and he gives me a big hug and just like to a, a to anybody walking past, it was he would have just enveloped me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was just, just like I disappeared for a minute. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, it was a brilliant experience and a, a lovely guy and yeah. still, you know, amazing front man um, and and awesome band as well. They did a fantastic job. Yeah, they did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, but um, yeah, I, that's probably the last time I'll see him. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. But what a way to go out. Absolutely. You know, yeah. getting to hang out with a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Not really. Yeah. Not really. I kind of don't want to see him again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's that is just that's the way to go in yeah. my mind. But um, yeah, I mean, it, but we're coming to that time now where you know legacy acts are retiring, mm-hmm. um, people are passing away, yeah, either intentionally or un- unintentionally. Yeah. But we are we are coming to that you know that stage now where you can see the the major bands mm-hmm. all kind of you know on their last legs for want of a better phrase yeah I mean there there have been some um, some some deaths in recent weeks that have really affected me um, Alan White drummer from Yes uh, also played with John Lennon he was the drummer in Imagine um, you know I, I I play drums in an amateur capacity as well he's he was a big influence uh, so yeah he died just a few days ago. Uh, Van Gallis died last week. Klaus Schulze died uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I love all that. You know, we just talked about ambient music. I, I love synthesizer and electronic music. So those are two giants, Van yeah. Gallis and Schulze. Um, so yeah, well, we're, throw we're, Justin we're just, Hawkins in there as well. Absolutely, yeah. Taylor Hawkins. Wait, sorry, Ted. Just wait. No, Who I the think, fuck's Justin Hawkins? I think Justin's still okay. He's uh, <laughs> he's still fronting the darkness, as far as I know. Oh fuck! <laughs> Hang on. This is how rumors start. Is that Justin Hawkins? I don't think it is. Is it? Fucking hell, two old men trying to remember the name of a... No, it's not, I'm 83, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Taylor Hawkins, which, again, was was a surprise as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But even I was saying to people, "Ah, it won't be drugs. Mm. You know, and then... Yeah. Bloody is. Um, and And he was... He was one of the shining lights in the Count Me In documentary, which is on Netflix. Yeah. You know, all about drumming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen it? I haven't actually watched it, no. Oh, mate. Absolute treat. Mm. You are in for a treat. It's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. But, um, yeah, he's, a, he's in that quite a lot. In fact, the only, as many people have pointed out, and even the makers have said, okay, you're right. There is no footage anywhere of Neil Peart and I think there's one there's like one mention mm. and he just gets list, listed in an you know named in the list of drummers and that's it oh okay so, yeah exactly so I've pre-warned you there yeah yeah because okay. that because well, I came away from it going I really enjoyed that but hello Wait, not even having him as, as, as a footnote that, no that's unforgivable yeah yeah but it is great mate yeah. It is great. So it is worth it is worth yeah. it. It definitely is. But funnily enough, I, I want to pick a, going back on something you said earlier, and I nearly jumped at it, but I didn't want to interrupt. And you were you were on a on a roll um, when you said, uh, "Just give me a thirty five minute brush up." I was like, "Yes, yeah. absolutely." There, it like is it me or that's that's for me that is what's really missing from my life as well because. As as much as there is a lot of thrash coming out from you know established old guard, new guard, etc. Where is that? You know, where is that brutal thirty-five minute thrash album? Yeah, and it's not the be all and end all. No pun intended with Anthrax there, but um, it's not the be all and end because as I've just said, I also have a thirty-two disc ambient <laughs> box set to get through. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's all about having the option sometimes i just want 35 minutes of crazy thrash in, yeah. in my in my face yeah um but yeah yeah 
don't know how long is the new decapitated. I don't think it's it's not. Uh, I, I I think it's forty minutes or over or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, that's that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah don't yeah. I stay there? Welcome. Yeah. No. I, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but it's 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 not a thrash metal album. Yeah, yeah, you know but that, and that's that is that's what I'm getting at. Because some uh, my best mate said to me the other day, "I miss Slayer." Yeah, and I was just like, "It's it's just bounced around in my head for days." This was Friday, so it was like you know three days ago, but it's still bouncing around in my head. Yeah, and 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 because I because straight away I just thought, "Yeah, yeah, thanks for that." Yeah. I didn't realise I did until you fucking said it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, where is, where's that, where's that band who's just going to put out a fucking nasty fucking, not that Slayer put out, you know, 35 minute albums recently, I'm not saying that, but where's that band that's just going to put out a fucking nasty thrash album? Yeah. You know, with a load of fucking nasty, yet well thought out lyrics. Yeah. It's like, yeah, for me, it's like it's that gap that's missing, that gap in the market that that was Slayer. That, yeah, that's that's who I'm missing. Yeah, I mean, are, are, yeah, are we ever going to have see their likes again? Uh, is it is is there is enough the musical come landscape? Up? Yeah, well, is the musical landscape welcoming enough to have somebody come through that would be that good again, or or is that more? Now a niche kind of subgenre, like what what is being pushed when you, you look at download, and that kind of tells you the kind of music that, that that is selling these days, and that people want to go and see. And yeah, I think I, although I do think download caters more to a to a family audience as well. Okay. Whereas whereas someone like Bloodstock, that yes, is, that's, that's a family true. festival, but it is but it is more um, it. You know, it's solid metal. Yes. You know, you're not going to get anything on there that is straying outside of metal. Yeah. Um, well, it started out as a power metal um, festival. And uh, now it's diversifying. I mean, you had Slayer Headline. I saw Slayer Headline Bloodstock uh, a few years ago. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. Bloodstock is kind of where you go for that style of metal. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just like, you know, who, who could come through? Who could, like, you know, really you know, punch their weight at that kind of level, you know, that kind of, you know, is, is there a thrash band that, you know, that, that would, you know, make it into the big four now other than, you know, the bands that were, people were always saying should be in there anyway, like Ex- you know, Exodus, Testament, I nearly mixed Ex- Exodus and Testament together and got Eczema. <laughs> Eczema. Oh, Eczema. Great band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I mean, you talk about bands that should be at that level, and you, you, we go back to Voivod, which we, we've spoken yeah. about before, Howard. What do you think to that recent album? <sighs> really good, but I'm going to say again, I've only listened to it once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting so lazy. <laughs> I've got it on vinyl, uh, and they're one of my favourite bands of all time, but I've only listened to it once because I'm just so, yeah. Other things are getting in the way. Yeah. Or else, you know. I forget where I put my glasses, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be 50 in a few months, hard. Okay, I'm, I'm feeling it. Dude, I'm 52. <sighs> you know, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's better than the alternative. But, <laughs> well, um, true, yeah. But, well, funnily enough, um, I listened to the Vod- Voivod album and I listened to it once. And I just thought, that is the best album they've done without Piggy. 
and it's probably the best Voivod album for a while. But I kind of had to accept, and I've done this a lot recently, I've kind of had to accept that Voivod are not the band that that are in, you know, the, the Voivod in my head are not the Voivod of today, you know. The band that I fell in love with, the band yeah. that, that, that I love, you know, ceased to be quite some time ago, yet I, like, you know, like, like a, you know, crocodile returning to a feeding spot mm-hmm. years later, I will, I keep going back, hoping that maybe one day there's something there that, that draws me right back in. Yeah. The same with Slipknot, you know, it's like those first, those first, two and maybe three albums that that is the band i like and they haven't been around for many years either yeah. and it's, it's it's that realization that um um you know i'm i'm expecting magic again but you haven't you know been disappointed all those times but there's yeah, I, I don't I, seem to I, learn my lesson like a battered wife i keep going back <laughs> i keep going back for more abuse yeah. but i love them yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're kind of overhyping it to yourself then yes you, then you only have yeah. yourself to blame but i would kind of counter that in voivod's case in that i wouldn't say there is a voivod band i think there was they had a different sound on every album so you can take your pick what yeah. your favorite voivod is what what your favorite yeah uh, era or what what, yeah. what what is the stereotypical voivod sound to you might be different to somebody that first heard I, angel rat or the other well, i was just going to say very good point because there's three albums in a row there if you go um nothing, nothing face angel rat yeah and then outer limits outer limits that's three with three different bands entirely. It is, yeah, completely. Um, and because when you were saying that, the album that popped straight into my head was Angel Rat. Yeah, because that's also like no other Voivod album. Yeah. Um, and the other one as well is like I, I, I don't like War and Pain, and I don't like Raw. For I, I came in at um, Killing Technology. Yeah. Um, and you know, I remember hearing it in Shades. Here we go. I, they had an advanced tape. They were playing it in shades, um, and and I thought, and I went up and I went, "What's this?" And new Voivod album, Killing Technology, and I was like, "All right, where is it?" And I was like, "It's not out yet." Like, All right, mental note, getting that as soon as it comes out. Turned round, Lazar who stood behind me. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, bizarre. Wow, I know. So um, yeah, had a bit of a chat. Can't remember what I said. Very young. Yeah. Um, bought a bought a jump in the fire postcard. Got him to autograph the back of it, and I've still got it. Wow. I know, I know. One of my day trips to London. Yeah. I think, I think, might have even been to see the record label. I don't know. It's it's all so hazy from back then. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know. And then uh, and then to mention Atros absolutely blew me away, and I still think that is one of the most underrated albums ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's just um, for for patrons. One of the one of the things I do for uh, people who sign up at Patreon um, is I do a classic album breakdown um, once a month, and I'll take a classic album, and, and I, don't know, I know what this sounds like, so I'll say it straight away, um, and ruin it by talking over it, okay? But what it is, is I break it down from um, a, a musician's point of view and, a, you know, and, and sort of, you know... You, you know you know what they play and there's certain reasons why they play it so you know you can, can lend a different perspective to it yeah. just basically uh, it, but 
do that for the whole album. Um, and I did one for um, um, Dimension Hatros. And it was, it was just, it was kind of like a revelatory experience because just, you know, breaking those songs down as they're playing and pointing out all of the little intricacies and everything else and why they're doing them and the feeling it's supposed to give you, you know, um, it, it was just a work of absolute genius, absolute genius. You know, you just listen to it again all these years later and it's just like, if this came out now, people would be going mad. Yeah. You know, if this, if this, this was a debut album by a band now, people would be going nuts. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, it's completely fully formed and like nothing else. You know, it's just, yeah, it's way before its time. Yeah. Uh, as you say, I mean, if it was released today, it would still sound like the future. Yes. Oh, that is a, that's a great line. It, that's a great line. I mean, it's the first one I ever heard from Voivod. And yeah, to this day, it's my favorite. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, you got it, the, it's um, a work of genius. You got the remaster. Oh, yeah. 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 What a great book. What yeah. a great booklet. Yeah. That, um, that, that, that will, and, and by the way, uh, quote to uh, Miles there, because uh, Miles, who works at BMG and I do Motocast with, um, uh, he was, he sort of basically curated all of the noise re-releases, so all the Creator back catalogue, all the Celtic Frost back catalogue, right. all the Voivod back catalogue, Death Row, and then not so much Running Wild. Mm. Yeah, mm. Running Wild. <laughs> Pirate Metal, thanks for that, guys. Thanks for that. What a legacy. Yeah, Germ- <laughs> Germany's contribution to the 80s. <laughs> metal. Um, well, sorry, sorry, Scorpions. Them and Tankard, yeah. Ah, of course, yes. Don't forget Tankard. Um, um, yeah, no, it's probably Miles that sent me the those Voivod reissues because I yeah. uh, I reviewed them for Prague. Uh, so I had... That's when the job works. That's when the job it? works. Yeah, what? you get sent a bunch of CDs that you would willingly pay for. Yeah. You get them free, and you get them before everybody else. Yeah. And then you get to fucking publish your opinions about them. Do you know how often <laughs> that happens, though? Fucking never. Yeah, uh, yeah. you get fucking you know three twenty k MP three promo, um, and you know that's that's you have just to rate a remaster on an MP three. It's like. How am I supposed to do that? I, it sounds worse than the original, obviously, because it's compressed to fuck. So that you know, that's generally what we have to deal with. So getting sent a lovely CD box set of one of your favorite albums is just yeah, that that's when it works. There's there's just something about it. I mean that that's I I mean I'm I'm the same. If I get a um uh if I, if I get a new album um you know from nuclear blast you get an email saying it's in ipool and it's like ooh, goody yeah, yeah um i don't get i don't get cds Luckily, i mean i have a couple of times but not very often yeah um but yeah, yeah. other writers that, that do it in a less freelance capacity than i do let's say uh they do got their you know they get the vinyl you know a month yeah. before it's released and they show it on their you know twitter or their instagram or whatever i'm like you got sent a vinyl, like a like a fucking you know 
streaming one nine two K shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a reduced quality MP three and you can only stream it and you can only stream it three times. Yeah. And then, and then fuck whenever, off. Whenever you whenever you listen to the first song, it won't go on to the next song, so you have to go back to your browser and hit play twice on the second song to get it to play. I know, hey. There are other things to be angry about. First world problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First world problems. <laughs> I want to ask you actually, just to push this around. Mm. Mark Wilkinson, how did you get to work with him on, on the Asabria? Um, the uh, I'm glad you asked um, it, because basically I was at um, uh, Bloodstock 2017 and I was in the VIP area and uh, um, uh, Al Barnes, former Venom guitarist who I've known for 30 years um, uh, was in came up to me and he was like hey how are you I was like all right mate how are you it's great to see him and I, I knew for a while that his next door neighbor but one was mark wilkinson um and mark was with him and he said oh this is uh, this is mark my neighbor i was like that mark and he was like yeah i was like oh, hello mark so, and i was wearing um uh uh I think I was wearing a Marillion shirt. No, maybe not. Forget that. But anyway, um, I just I just ordered one, and it was like Jester's tear, and I was saying, he was like, "Oh right." Okay. Um, but uh, so we got chatting, and um, and quite quickly, because Al was saying like, "Oh, you know, you should have seen his band a couple of years." Um, well, it would have been last year at the you know at the Sophie Tent. Oh, they were fucking great. Oh, you remember? And uh, and Mark sort of picked up on this quite quickly, and sort of mentioned the fact that he was sort of stepping back a bit. Um, he was doing the Judas Priest twenty fiftieth uh, anniversary or whatever anniversary it was fiftieth year. He was, doing, he was doing that. He was doing a pro, he was doing some stuff from Maiden, the new album, and he was going to be doing Fish's last album. And other than that, he wasn't doing any album stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and, and we got you know we, we carried on chatting, and he was asking about the band, and I told him a little bit about the band. I was rummaging around in my brain trying to think of a way that I could just make an impression and also just get the angle across that we're not yet everyday thrash metal band. So I said, oh, um, uh, one thing that might interest you on the new album, there's going to be a cover version of, um, of a, a Suzanne Vega song and she's, she's agreed to be on it. And straight away his ears pricked up and he went, really? Which song? And I said, uh, Blood Makes Noise. And he went, ooh, good song not many people know that over here wasn't expecting that and i was like no you were expecting marlader on the wall or or luca or something like that and he's like well yeah it's like nope he said could you do me a favor would you would it be all right if you send me a copy because i just had the demo at that time i was like yeah no problem it's the same thing i sent to Su suzanne so um i left it a few days after the fest and i pinged him across and said yeah great to meet you you know and um you know here's the song we talked about um, and about 15 minutes later, I got an email back and he went, and he just came back and he went, wow, I absolutely love this. This reminds me of my, my early years as a punk. Um, and, um, and like listed a few bands that he'd seen back then. I can't remember who they were, but I'd heard of them. And it was like, and it was like, you know, and, and so you've taken this song, absolutely made it your own. I love it. And, um, I'll do, I'll do your, your artwork for your album. 
Just like that. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and like, you know, thanks for sending me this. And I was just like, yay! So, yeah, she's got to reply and say, oh, thank you very much. I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, that was it. Yeah, Suzanne Vega makes everything better. Well, invariably, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry it's been so long. I'm sorry it's been four years. You know, and we'll, um, it won't be another four years. Thanks for having me on, Howard. Um, pleasure. Um, yeah, I, I hope some of that was of interest to people. <laughs> and I wasn't just all Merlion Fest. Yeah. Oh, and the pod's getting closed up now. Perfect timing. See ya. <laughs> yeah, see ya, everybody. Okay, so there you go. That was mine and Chris's chat from not long ago. Hope you really enjoyed that. Um, as much as I did doing it, it was really good uh, to catch up with Chris again. And um, yeah, we've talked. We've talked about um, doing some particular getting together and focusing um, on on one album and doing a real deep dive. So that is something that we uh, we may get round to soon. Let's hope so, although it has been four years since I saw him last. So, um, yeah, probably need to pull my finger out. Um, it just remains to say, uh, yeah, the, the also the, the audio sounded kind of odd. That was down to the pod, basically. Um, it was a, a, a very strange arrangement, believe you and me. When you see the pictures, you'll see what I mean. It, yeah, very strange, but it worked. Uh, and we didn't get interrupted people and we didn't have, like, you know, mouthy people. Uh, drinking beers and being twats in the background so you know that's a bonus as always but it just it really it, it just leaves it for me to say like I do at the end of every podcast thank you each single one of you really do appreciate your time and your listenership please do share the podcast if you can and please do sign up at patreon if you can so, without further ado, folks, um, always a pleasure, never a chore, be kind to each other, I'll be kind to you if I see you, and uh, let's catch up again in a few weeks.